Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine Podcast. Remember, you can hear the show every weekday from 9 to noon right here on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Live from the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, and beyond, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I am your lovable, huggable, mid-morning chat host, Eric Von Hassler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Man of a thousand voices, Tim Andrews. Lady of 184.7 characters, Autumn Fisher. The man behind the glass, George Clark. And the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto. Ah, uh, happy getaway Friday, Eric. You ready to get away? Uh, I think I'm ready to get away from just about everything. I think I'm ready to get away. Yeah, by get away, do you mean just off to some remote island that only 17 other human beings know exist? There are probably some you know. Atlanta spring breakers that are heading uh, out that careful. way. Be careful. Don't go there. Uh, I, I highly like, don't. No, 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 I'm not no. talking about Bill Gates. I'm <laughs> oh, not that oh, kind of Oh, okay. Uh, fine. <laughs> just the sort of island where you can get away and uh, be so far removed that maybe you can just turn your brain off and not even contemplate whatever in the hell this country is deciding to do to itself. Uh, I think I know what this country is deciding to do to itself, but unfortunately I can't use that word because we are governed by the Federal Communications Commission. And words like that, even when apt, and today they are apt, cannot be used. So I'll leave it to your imagination as to what I think this country is just about to do to itself. We are, I'm sorry to start the show this way. Happy getaway. Happy getaway Friday. Enjoy your spring break. This country is run by lunatics. Lunatics. Amen. Lunatics on the left, lunatics on the right, lunatics on the middle. If there is a middle, nobody seems to give a damn about the country. Remember when we used to talk about the fabric of the country? Who gives a damn about that? So President Trump has been indicted. And is is it a slam dunk? What is the case, Eric? Did he shoot somebody in the face? Is this a slam dunk? Oh, no. Better than that. The first president that's ever been indicted in the history of the country, it's what you might call a novel case, meaning we have theories in the office that we can win this case. We have to have theories because we don't have a lot of experience. I'm not going to say we have no experience because I'm a host of a radio show in Atlanta and not a district attorney in Manhattan. But if there's any experience, it is very, very little experience winning cases like this at this level. We are, I'm sorry to start the show this, this way, but we are inching toward becoming a third world nation. Uh, If it weren't for the strength of the U.S. dollar, fingers crossed that (laughs) continues to last, (laughs) or our trillion-dollar-a-year military, we are acting like absolute fools, complete morons. Your media is not telling you this, but along with this COVID, Iraq, Afghanistan, Ukraine, um, the world is noticing the world does not consider us a rock of democracy. They consider us to be lunatics. Why? 
because we are acting like lunatics. Does anybody care about the fabric of the country? You know, I, I'm always skeptical. I think people should be skeptical. I think that's the way you should live your life. You should never just read something or hear something and believe it. You should always be skeptical. But I don't think that you should be cynical. And I think maybe on this one, I'm riding that line. I'm riding that line of cynicism. When it occurs to me, I don't know. I have no evidence. It simply occurs to me that the Democrat Party may be actually in the back of their minds hoping to create more January 6th-like trouble. Because the last time the behavior happened after the election, but the behavior that was leading up to the election with that attitude worked for us, worked for our side. Oh, a few heads will get bashed in, but you know the most important thing is that we control the future. And I'm only going after the Democrats because they're in the lead on this one. There is no difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, and the Republicans have the lead on it. They do it too. This country is run by lunatics. Now, we're going to arrest. This is the first president in history that is going to be arrested after their term, anytime. Yeah, look around the world, folks. You think it'll be the last? No. You no. think it'll be the last? Now it's going to become a partisan thing now. Now whoever's Absolutely. in power is going to arrest the other person. The other and the people who are doing this know this. They know in seven or eight years it may be turned against them, but they have a lust for power that must be met right now. Win right now. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. We're not in this to make life better for Americans. We're in this to win because when we win, we get power. And that's what this is all about. Even the Daily Beast, that's a, that's a lefty kind of outfit, right? New York Post. Yeah, New York Post is, tends to lead right, I, and Daily Beast tends to go left. Even Daily Beast has a story about this is going to be a tough case to sell. Main witness, it looks like. We can't know. But we look like, it looks like the main witness is somebody who's been put in jail already, I think by the same office, hmm. for perjury. And that's not the only perjury. A history of perjury. If that's going to be your main witness, we already have to question the idea. Prosecutors are not supposed to go forward with trials unless in their mind it would be unusual to believe that they wouldn't win. Because you only have so much money. And my understanding is there are other crimes affecting New Yorkers right now. There's only so much of a budget. Only so many trials can happen. You have to pick and choose. And choosing this novel case where it looks like your main witness is going to be somebody you put in jail for perjury. Oh, and, you know, also we'll have a porn star as well. And uh, not for nothing, but I remember the 90s. Remember the left? What are you kidding me? A guy's trying to cover up an affair? Grow up, Republicans. Am I the only one that remembers that? Am I the only one that remembers how stupid Republicans were made to feel by the Bill Mars and others of the world that they would let their Puritan hearts get down there and not understand, of course a husband is going to try to cover up an affair with his wife 
We may not believe in everything the French do, but on this one, we were told in the 90s, mm, let's go with the French route. That's what people do. But that changes when you can gain power or the people that you can't stand will lose power over something, which means, okay, you never meant it. You will uh, f shape arguments as you need them for what you need to get power right now. That's all that this is. I never voted for Trump. I never voted for Biden. I never voted for Hillary. I'm clean on this. But there is something called the fabric of the nation. And every to be acting like that it's a case in Georgia. It's a case in New York City. No, when it's a former president, it's a national case at all times. And you are a moron in your position as prosecutor if you decide, no, I'm in this district, I'm in this state, I don't have to think about that. Well, enjoy your little bit of power that perhaps you get, and to hell with the nation, and to hell with every president from this point on. Do you actively avoid the stories about the Bidens? Lawyers won't. Did you know that? Are you a person who actively avoids any story about the Bidens and their, their particular problems when it comes to the law? There are lawyers who disagree with you politically, and they won't. And they're going to want vengeance. And then the president after that is going to have lawyers who want vengeance. And this is going to go on and on. We had one uh, impeachment until the 90s. Now we've got how many? Well, they impeach, uh, impeach him twice, right? Trump? Impeached him twice. Uh, Bush almost got to the level of that kind of thing happening. The first one shouldn't have happened right after Lincoln. Because people thinking about it should say, we shouldn't impeach unless we know we have the votes to remove. Because otherwise, we just drag the people through the glass for no good reason. But Eric, no one's above the law. Well, what, uh, a campaign violation? So this is a misdemeanor. So this district attorney <laughs> has to attach it to something bigger. So this isn't going to really be about the uh, campaign uh, violation because that's a misdemeanor. He, it's probably going to be more about uh, the prosecution's going to lay out an argument of cover-up, and somehow within that cover-up is where you're going to find the ability to go up to felony. Because if he doesn't get it to felony, he doesn't have anything other than, you know, some sort of finable defense. I mean, offense. You know, I'm getting so worried about this country. Uh, Autumn, maybe you can relate to this, maybe not. I don't know why I bring you into it. Jared's the alcoholic amongst us. But <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly bought some box wine at Kroger yesterday. I'm becoming like the North Koreans, just realizing there's nothing I can do about these lunatics who run this country. Maybe I should just get drunk until it Hell yeah, all, there we let go. it all fall yeah. apart around me. There we go. I don't know, Jerry, but you have uh, people saying, well, no one's above the law. Well, prosecutors make decisions every day. This is a misdemeanor. You do not arrest a former president on a misdemeanor. Now he's going to try to attach it to a felony. And that's what makes it a novel case. Right. Meaning, this is a case that there were notions inside the department 
that we think we can win this case based on this, that, and the other thing, not based on the 9,000 other cases that have already been judged this way. And you really think with all the presidents we've had, no one's ever thought they had something on any of them? They've all been clean? This is what you really think? No. What's happened is people recognize you tear up the country way too much for this. Now, if an ex-president shoots somebody in the face, that's a slam dunk. If you have the evidence. But you're talking about a novel case, and it looks as if the main witness is going to be somebody who has a long history of perjury. Now, you don't think that Trump's going to be able to get a lawyer that's going to be able to, in front of the jury, just go this, that, the other thing, that this guy this guy has lied well, on li- the stand before? Listener Tracy says, maybe EVA should remember that no one is above the Let's law. Stop for one second. Stop for one second. EVH doesn't have to remember that no one is above the law. Now, we're talking about something that's on a little bit of a different level. The law is not monolithic. We are, there is a, different betu- a difference between misdemeanors and felonies. Does she have to be reminded of that? You know, all of these cases against Trump, and I have no love for Trump. I don't like what Trump is doing out there. I don't like what the people who don't like Trump is doing. There's nowheresville for me. <laughs> I, I don't have a home here. I don't like what anybody is doing. I don't like the fact that Trump is now opening his rallies with uh, visuals from January 6th. I'm t- my point is this country is out of control. What was this young lady's name that uh, says I need to be reminded Tracy. of... Uh, Yeah, okay. Tracy hates Trump. I believe that's legitimate. There are people in this society, I guess time will tell us if they were right or wrong. They believe in their heart of hearts they're stopping Hitler. Now, can they give you evidence for that? I don't know. But I think at this point, we just have to assume that they're sincere. And it's that old thing. Remember that, hey, if you can go in a time machine, would you kill Hitler as a baby? I mean, it's a baby. And people go, yeah, because I know. That's what, this is what they think they're doing. They think that you can break every precedent and every protocol, and it's all worth it because this guy is so dangerous. So I guess my argument is he's a buffoon, and I don't think that he should be elected president again. But no, I don't think that he is Hitlerian dangerous. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things in this country with the way that we're run right now that have a lot more sort of fascist overtones than uh, this guy who couldn't shut his mouth, who never had a filter. He probably was the most transparent president in the history of the country. The guy couldn't keep a secret for a second. <laughs> couldn't sit on good news we for a day. Every, how many times did he have a good news day and then went out there and had an argument with Jim Acosta and turned it into something else? Oh, it was every... I mean, it was Constantly. Exhausting. Constantly. This guy is not a professional politician. He's some kind of charismatic. And he has people who love him. But when you arrest somebody who just two years ago, when was the election? A little over two years ago? Yeah. What, you get 72, 76 million votes in this country? This idea, no one's above the law. No, the law looks the other way at misdemeanors all the time. 
when I was younger, I was kind of a C-SPAN junkie. One of the things that uh, sort of after a few years kind of jumped out at me was because I was really following it. So through the elections and after the elections, one of the things that jumped out at me is how many campaigns get in trouble and get fined after elections are over. As a matter of fact, you could only look at it thinking, well, they know that. They know, they, in, in the midst of the campaign, they've made a decision that it's okay to get your hand slapped after the election's over. It happens all the time. Now, this is supposedly hush money. First of all, think of this. They've got to prove he had sex with her. I don't think that there's a dress. I don't think there's a DNA dress here. So what if they just can't even prove, even though we all think, right? We all think. But in, uh, we all think doesn't, that falls to pieces the second you walk into a courtroom, we all think. That's worthless, we all think. Ultimately, how do you prove he had sex with her? They're the only two people in that room. If he says, I didn't have sex with her, and then basically says, Cohen, I didn't know what he was doing until later, which is what he's saying. You have to prove these things. I don't know. What is the level? At this level, is it beyond a reasonable doubt? I have no idea. Is it 12 (laughs) out of 16 jurors? But you've got to convince people. And this is political. Let's not beat around the bush here. This attorney, this district attorney in Manhattan had made a decision not to go forward with cases on Trump. And he had people that quit on him. And one of the people who quit wrote a book about it and was very, very critical of this guy for not going forward on the president. Is that the reason he decided to pick it up and start moving forward? That's not a legal basis. You, just as you should only impeach a president if you know you have the votes to remove a president, you should only indict a president if you know you have a slam-dunk prosecution that is going to end in a guilty verdict. I submit that that is not the case here. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has said that he will not cooperate with extradition of Trump from Florida to New York, but it doesn't seem to matter because uh, Trump's team is signaling that he's going to give himself up on Tuesday. And, you know, it might be that, I mean, everything is so twisted. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't dig what Trump's about. I don't dig what the people who don't like Trump is about. Everything is so twisted that... Trump may think that it's better for his campaign for the presidency to go in and go through the whole rigmarole and have the... Oh, this know, is going to rally. This is going to rally people. It's going to get them fired up. They're going to come out to vote now, for sure. Well, I don't know. I mean, we're still a long way from the vote. But one thing's for sure, there have been a lot of articles about um, the sort of tameness of his rallies uh, this time around as opposed to last time, and especially when compared to 2015, 2016. But uh, my guess is after he gets fingerprinted, uh, knowing Trump, he'll have some kind of smirk on his face during the, uh, the mugshot. You know, <laughs> that's going to become right up there with, uh, you know, Johnny, Johnny Cash <laughs> uh, or Johnny Cash flipping off the Grand old Opry. That's going to go iconic and... So you have this weird thing where you have the governor who is also maybe 
his uh, biggest competitor in the primary for the Republican nomination, saying, "I'm not going to, I'm, you know, I'm not going to cooperate with extradition." But with Trump himself thinking, you know, maybe this is best. I mean, the next rally after all of that, can we all agree, is going to be much more raucous. Oh, a hundred percent. Than yes. the, rea- the rallies now, and and you just have to wonder if that's not what. I mean, let's face it, Biden is a weak. He's going to be a very weak candidate, and there's one person that he's proven that he can beat, and that's Trump when he's surrounded by all of this, let's just call it Trumpiness. (laughs) And so knowing that you've beat that one candidate before, uh, I'm sure that when you get past all the rhetoric and uh, the stuff with Disney and everything, I'm sure that they're not looking forward to uh, running Biden against a governor that won by what did he win by like 30 percentage points or something i don't know like he just was the he was the biggest winner statewide in 2022 in the country and uh, they would much rather run against trump and the cynical part of me just says that's what this is all about, kind of because remember this district attorney didn't want to do this and then got pressure from uh, from others in the office to do it so the only thing that we can do, I'm going to, I said yesterday, I nearly bought some box wine. <laughs> and uh, I think the next time, well, you know, there's no need, when, when you're just doing it to get inebriated, <laughs> when all you're looking for is a drunk, when all you're trying to do is just for a moment forget about these lunatics Did you and, uh, that you're... are running the country. They're doing so good with the banks and with uh, Russia and with China. And, and now this, hey... I don't really understand the lust for power. I don't have it, but my eyes are wide open now. I think that I was naive for a long time. I'm still a libertarian, but I think that I was naive for a long time and just thinking that people were good-hearted and when following their own rationale and in a reasonable way would get to good places, but I I was naive. I do I've never had a lust for power. I don't understand it, but my eyes are wide open now. A lot of people have it and they don't give a damn what they put you through in order for them to get more power. And to me, that's what this is all about. So let's pivot to, hey, how about some entertainment news? Let's do this. Hi, it's Paul Stanley, and this is Paul Stanley Presents, the latest in music and entertainment news, only on the Von Hessler Doctrine. Here's a guy that can make me chuckle. Paul Entertainment News International Stanley is what our lawyers make me refer to you as here with all the entertainment news. Listen, I have been doom scrolling on Twitter all morning. I don't know what to do about this. This is the craziest thing. So anyway, I won't talk yeah. about it because we have you here for entertainment purposes. Right. We don't want to, you know, it's it, it's for the host to drive the audience away with his political ranting. Not you, Paul Entertainment News International Stanley. Well, I'll give you this. Space Ace is at it again. Space Ace would be Ace Freely, the original uh, lead guitarist mm-hmm. of the rock band Kiss that I believe you're associated with. Well, he's or. claiming that he has a 120-page document of dirt on oh, myself wow. and Gene Simmons, and he's keeping it in a safety deposit box. What surprises me most is he could afford a safety deposit <laughs> box. Well, you know, maybe this kind of attitude that you've had toward him in your book and other areas, well, maybe the reason that he would get... Uh, you know, want to have it in for you and uh, try to create a, a dossier of dirt. 
on you and Gene. Outside of you guys having sex with everything that moved in the 70s and 80s. And some things that didn't 90s. move, let's be honest. And so, well, I know, there were probably sofas and chairs and right. things like that in there. Inanimate objects were not... <laughs> we're, we're not off limits, probably. We used to get carp from the fish market. You know, yeah, it's crazy yeah. days. Rock and roll, mm-hmm. right? And it's the rock and roll <laughs> lifestyle. So, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. Well, all I'm saying is that because I, Gene and I went on a different radio show that I don't know that I'm allowed to mention because, you know, the... Just say a different radio show. It's on satellite radio. It's the guy that used to be funny. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Soured Hearn. I think that uh, you're speaking of a very famous radio host. Yeah, Charlemagne de God. He invented radio. So I went on there, I made some joking statements, pretty much said that he was a loser and that, you know, we wanted guys up there who could still play and look like Kiss and wanted younger people. So he's all upset. And he's saying that he's going to reveal this stuff if if I don't apologize to him. So here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. I don't have to go on a syndicated or whatever. I can just do it right here. Ace, uh, what are you saying? This little show? You're saying no, I'm saying this is saying more a important. Show like this? No, I'm saying this show you is know, more I'm important. I'm working up a dossier on you myself. So, <laughs> Well, listen, you have pictures <laughs> of me with careful. my ear. Listen, I'm saying that this show is more important to me. So let me say it here. Ace, I am sorry that you're a loser. Oh, now, Paul Entertainment News He's apologizing. Stanley. I just said I'm sorry to Ace yeah. that he's a loser. In a way, no, I think that that was a backhanded uh, kind of apology. I, Wait, oh. I thought I sensed oh, something Oh, because there. he's kind of, I get it. Yeah. You, did you, did you, yeah, I mean, at first yeah. it seemed perfectly kosher, I mean, he says, but, I'm sorry. And so you're yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm uh, sorry, he's, Ace. He's I'm something. sorry. Uh, uh, what's Ace his name? was a goofball. Peter I think Chris. that Ace was, Ace was uh, even in when Kiss was... You know, just at their strongest, like 76, 77, 78. Um, he was a goofball. And he he kind of broke through that kiss uh, iconography. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was goofy. Like, you would be surprised when he would speak in an interview. He was always giggling. Yeah, he giggled. And I think and he, the other members were a little dope. embarrassed by that. He didn't come off as like a badass. Yeah, he didn't. he didn't act. Listen, he didn't live the gimmick. And that's what we did in our heyday. We lived the gimmick. I was the romantic, you know, the love child, the star child who could seduce any woman just by looking at her. And Mm -hmm. then Gene was the demon, the demon who would use his evil powers and spit blood. And then this guy is just goofing off. That's not cool. Did he say that he has, uh, like, papers full of dirt? Yeah. He's he's, got, like, evidence. He's he's written things down? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe... Without having a, any kind of idea of what it is, like, could it be broken contracts? Could it be things, you know, like uh, some sort of I think contract? it's little scraps of paper. It was like, Gene said this today. <laughs> yeah, the like, receipts that's... from restaurants, napkins, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It depends on exactly what he has. If it's just a bunch of uh, memories. Oh, I remember <laughs> the time Gene screwed me over doing this. Yeah. I don't think he's got much. But if he has broken contracts or things like that, I don't know. Do you remember the movie Rain Man? I do remember the movie. When Dustin Rain. Hoffman had a little journal and he wrote every little slide in it. I think it's like that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, he'd have a lot, though. You have to admit, you guys have not been kind to Ace Freely or Peter Chris well, in your public comments over the years. You have to admit, you've trashed these people. And I don't like that in bands because you guys put on a bunch of makeup, pretended to be other people. Why do you have to break it? Why do you have to break that fourth wall for us? You're not the people that you pretended to be. It's a big joke. So let people laugh. That's what I say. I Why do you got to so point too. out he wasn't that good at this or that? Nobody cared. 
I saw, I, I, uh, I had Kiss Alive and Kiss Alive 2. We all understand that that's only partially a live album. Right. We all get that it basically it was tweaked in the studio. It's not really live. But you know what? It was entertaining. You got to get so, Kiss Alive 3. That way you can hear Let's Put the X in Sex the way it should be heard. That's exactly. I always wanted to hear that live. <laughs> I don't. Have you heard those uh, rumors that Kiss Alive is only half alive? Yeah, it's mostly, I've heard it. It's so, all crap. Yeah. You think it's crap? Bob Ezrin oh, was know. a great producer. He knew what yeah. he was doing. Trust yes. the process. A lot of overdubs in the in the studio. I think well, not so much happening on stage at the time. But was, hey, listen, it was great. It was a great moment. Next story. You you did not here to do stories about yourself, Paul Entertainment News International Stanley. Okay. You want to give a little PR stunt over there? Yeah. All right, you yeah, pipe down over there, Mr. Shirt. Uh-oh. Mr. Shirt. I couldn't think of anything else to call him. <laughs> Mr. Shirt. So like my mother. My mother could never, she couldn't think of clever things to call people that she was mad at. I remember one time we were uh, going somewhere, and she said, this, this, this truck went in front of us, and she got angry. She goes, okay, Mr. Orange Truck. That's what you sound like. Well, I'm sorry. I couldn't think of anything clever to call him. Was your mother missing an ear? <laughs> My mother was missing something, but not an ear. Do you guys know she who... She was missing a husband after 1974. Oh, that's sad. I'm sorry. Did you grow up fatherless? And you a father. After I was 12. That's terrible. I'm sorry. It explains a lot. Yeah, see, you, did, you, you went without an ear. I went out without a dad. You don't see me out there bitching and complaining about it all the time well if i if you had had a dad and been missing an ear you could have grown up like me being made fun of <laughs> emily yeah. and really rich rat emily the girl would you do it all over again get made fun of knowing how rich you were going to be in the end oh, of course yeah it's absolutely. not so much the money as it is the an, an endless supply of chicks in the 70s and 80s yeah and those are great memories now. they sure are they're all I have that memories. journal in a safety deposit box <laughs> I'm sure Ace did pretty well. So did Peter. You guys all. He got the cast well. offs. They got the cast off. <laughs> I think there was a girl should, with one eye. Should you be telling us this? I mean, th this could all be incriminating <laughs> information girl. here. Hey, don't make fun of a girl with one eye. You I'm not a making guy fun with of one her. ear. It sounds That's, to me like you're making fun of somebody. I got people with all their parts. Ace got the people that were missing things. One girl was missing her middle finger, and it was fun. It was yeah. fun to watch. And but the girls got a guy that farm. didn't have. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, did. She was a she was a uh, she was a laborer. She picked lettuce. Actually, she got injured in a battle with Kith Army. <laughs> That'll happen. Anyway, do you want especially another... in the seventies? Yes, yeah, so a lot of things happened in the seventies. Do you want to hear another story? I would love to. Emily Ratajkowski. Yeah, she's got a name, doesn't she? Yeah, she. It's a long. <laughs> is one. it Ratkowski? Is that uh, the way to say, say it? How do you say it, Autumn? Do you Autumn, know? you know, you know these things. I don't know who this is. She's the girl oh. in the video, or the woman that was in the Blurred Lines video. And as far as um, I can tell, all she does after that is, you know, dates famous she's men. She's got a really big podcast now. Oh, yeah, I bet it's great. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves it. Well, no, because it was a podcast made news a couple weeks ago. Oh, she had Diplo Talking about on. something off of her uh, podcast. Yeah, the Diplo thing. The, she, she also that's has, right. She has a lot of yeah. celebrities on her podcast and, and, and talks. And that's, so. what we all, that's what we want to see on podcasts, celebrities. Yeah. They're well, so fascinating, aren't they? They're so, well, when so you if get, you're into the celebrity, then yeah, you do want to hear what they have to say. What? I mean, there's so there's so much more than their roles in those movies. They're so much deeper and more interesting when uh, when they're on a podcast. Yeah, it's the raw it's, side of the celebrity. Well, well I'll I tell you watched, what. I watched a three-hour podcast with Clint Howard. I would tell you that was deep. <laughs> that was just I mean just the stuff on you know gentle. Send battle. me the link. <laughs> Listen, you'll be stuck in it. You'll be stuck in it. That's it. I don't want to meet somebody new, please. Uh, a celebrity. They're so damn interesting. 
Well, Jared Yamamoto, do I have enough time for another entertainment story from Paul Entertainment News International Stanley? Uh, of course. And, and also enough time to give away the Queen tickets. Can we do both here? I think we can do both. I believe in uh, Paul Stanley. Uh, He's an entertainer, after all. Uh, yeah, I can, know. I can, I can you know, do the thing with the clock. I know how to do things. <laughs> Give me the light. I know when it's almost over. You are over. so sassy, Paul. I'm not sassy. I'm he just... is sassy. Well, you know, he sees it's all coming to an end there with kids. So I get it. I get it. What am I going to do next? I have no idea. You guys going to go do a residency in that big, uh, you know, egg in Las Vegas. Speaking of which, Kelly Clarkson has yep. announced chemistry with her Las Vegas residency after revealing a new album. Her new album is called Chemistry, and she's doing a Las Vegas residency. I wonder if she'll do her TV show there. That's right, uh, y'all. I can still sing. Just don't forget, I don't just talk now. I know that. And she is so question. talented. My goodness. I'm I glad. know it. Do you think that <laughs> maybe she probably just does, uh, she she tapes a bunch of those TV shows, right? Do they have to be all current events like, or can she take a month I off? Mean, I mean, listen, we can do some <clears throat> current event stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll paper those in. It's just uh, it's just uh, crap, you know. You just have actors what? from the latest terrible movie come on, and yeah, like oh Heather Graham. You guys play so stupid mean. games. Heather Graham was. Oh my just god! On. Do you like Heather Graham? Was it hard to look at her without getting? Oh excited? my god, Heather Graham is so great. She you is think everybody's wonderful. great, Kelly Clarkson? I think you're great, but you oh you, you think Me everybody's too. great. Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be on uh, on Monday. Oh, you know she's oh, real that... controversial, y'all. Yes, she is. But is she, she great? Is. Do I have time? I mean, to- I would just love to talk to her. I mean, she she just got a lot of information. She's got a lot to say. You should leg wrestle her. Sorry. Do we have enough time? Oh, my time God. To- I remember doing that when I was a kid. You do have enough time to give the tickets Kelly away. Kelly Clarkson, always positive. I, I got to say, you're always positive. Thank I'll give you, you that. Thank you so much. You got to give the Queen tickets away. You better uh, hurry up. Sure do. <laughs> uh, win two tickets to see Queen with Adam Lambert. That's right, Paul. That's like... Monday, really- October 23rd at State Farm Arena. All you have to do is... Be caller number 10 to 404-872-0750. Tickets go on sale today at Ticketmaster.com. Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. If I can just find my notes. There we go. With a hearty congratulations to Pamela Lee of Noonan, who's won two tickets to see Queen with Adam Lambert. Monday, October 23rd at State Farm Arena. And tickets go on sale, I'm assuming. It's usually 10 a.m., right? Usually 10 a.m., but for some reason they were being a little more mysterious about this one just because Queen is so big. Is that why they they want to discourage uh, sales? They're so big. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming it's 10 a.m. I don't know that to be the truth, but uh, tickets go on sale. Uh, today at Ticketmaster.com. So if it's 10 a.m., given that it's 10.05, they would be on sale now. But don't take that to the bank. I don't know it for sure. At some point today, they will be on sale. Uh, Sort of uh, good news and bad news from uh, opening day with the Braves, right? They beat the Nationals 7-2. So the two teams start this year as the teams that they are, (laughs) that they were last year, right? Certainly, yeah. Stink. And uh, the Braves... Don't stink. We really so just we know were, that we were just constricting the life out of them throughout that game too. We kept yeah. getting a bunch of runners on base, making them play in high stress situations. I love it. I love being but, the dominant team. But <laughs> National League Cy Young Award runner-up winner, runner-up non-winner, but runner-up last year Cy Young Award 
in the National League. Max Fried leaves the game hurt yeah, this is, in the first game. This is ridiculous. So you have all spring training to get loose and stretched out, and then, he, of course, Max cool. Fried ends up having a hamstring issue. So it's like, what the hell was spring training about? Get so loose, Max Fried. I like Come on. Jared's commentary. He loves dominating sports. Oh, yeah. 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 Getting loose. It's too bad that he's married. Uh, you guys could have met at a different time. I know. This, he's like greasing up the others. Yeah. He loves the knuckleball <laughs> and the spitter. Yeah, All right. You guys are becoming quite disgusting. I want you to know. I want the audience it's, to know. It's uh, Jared. I'm more of a well, split finger fastball myself. Yeah. All right oh, now. Yeah. You know what? I think we need to do something very, very adult. So let's do this. That is very adult. What's the market doing with Money Matters, Wes Moss? Adult. I'm that kind of adult young lady after dark <laughs> i love Adulting those things adults after only after dark oh, we'll call you and speak very slowly yeah Does that even me and my girlfriend the... are just spending the night <laughs> Pillow fight. i'm lonely should i press one or two mm, i'm pressing both <laughs> wes moss is here because <laughs> wes is disgusted right now Wes is absolutely. He look. This guy is a uh, a father uh, sorry, of, uh, of America. He's an American father, and he's of course. This show is so offended. much better than my show, by the way. <laughs> so much better. Well, your show. We get a little more. We get to play around in more areas. Your, your show. You got to stay in your lane. Your 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 job is to explain the financial situation uh, yeah. of America and the world to America. So you know you have a little less to work with than we. Hold do, on. Let's so. just do the math here. You guys are on fifteen hours a week. Yeah. And yeah. I'm only on uh, I'm only on two hours a week. So you guys are on almost eight x eight times. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I meant You're eight real- times, yeah. not eight x. I'm blaming you, Wes. You obviously have come here with some sort of plan to turn on them on. Eight x. It's working. Just triple x. Eight x. My goodness. That's the. How are uh, you, the old, baby? I'm finished. Oh. oh. The old Tom Waits joke was uh, quadruple X, no skin. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what 8X would be. All right, Wes Moss, uh, we appear to be maybe a little bit out of the woods for the moment. Ooh, be careful. uh, Be careful. Well, I said for the moment. Mm. I said for the moment because I think that there's a lot of things going on. Would you agree with me that just below the surface with the banks, there's still a lot of potential trouble? But right now... Um, it's not, it's not hitting the fan and uh, we're kind of still hoping that it won't hit the fan, but it's, it, there are, I don't want to get into it, but there's some things that I've been reading about lately, just very little minor earthquakes that could happen just below the surface that could put us into a very, very bad situation. But for right now, we're not there. Sure. I believe that we, to some extent, dodged the avalanche. So the SVB was the snowball. Fed got together with the Treasury and the FDIC and prevented an avalanche. And I really believe that. And the last couple of weeks, markets have, have been pretty resilient. If you look at banking stocks, whether it's the big ones or the regionals, they've rallied at least a little bit. I think that what we're going to see over the next year is just a earnings headwind, meaning that banks have all this low yielding debt on their books and it went down in price. And that's not just SVB. They were the poster child. So the kind of the worst actor of all, but every bank has some of that and it's going to probably hit their earnings over the next 
call it year, maybe couple of years, plus we're going to see new regulation, right? Biden administration right. just announced a bunch of new potential regulations that are going to make another by the requirements way, bigger another. for the middle size. More banks. rhetoric, more rhetoric. Uh, and it's just blame, blame, blame. All the articles want to reverse the Trump era. <clears throat> My understanding is that was bipartisan. The changes that were made to banking were bipartisan. And remember, uh, the Frank from Dodd-Frank was, ch- was on the board of one of these banks that asked for carve-outs and different rules. So, yes, it did happen under Trump. It's incredible. Uh, but it was a bipartisan piece of legislation yeah. to uh, allow these banks to have more money on their books without the deeper scrutiny, right? Yeah, it's incredible to me you hear nothing about half of Dodd-Frank, who was on the board of one of these banks that went under signature rates. It's absolutely, <laughs> well, he has a D in front of his name. If he had an R in front of his name. It's absolutely incredible, and there, yeah. are, there are literally hundreds, hundreds of stories every single day about Trump still. I mean, of course... The- the yeah, news well, today's he, a big one, <laughs> but I mean, every day before this, yeah. it's just it's it's amazing. But listen, I think that to some extent we have dodged an avalanche. The markets have calmed down relatively considerably over the last couple of weeks. The VIX is a fear index. And the that, VIX? The VIX is the fear index that measures how much protection people are buying. So the more they're buying, higher the VIX goes, thinking markets are going to crash. That spiked over 30, which is a, a scary level. Back down below twenty this week, so so markets have really have calmed down. So again, I think it's would be uh, out of the woods completely. Of you can't say that uh, because you, you can't don't know that. what's underneath the system. Yeah. And there's again, we know commercial real estate potentially. Has I a wanted to bring that time. up. That's... But yes, I think that for for the most part, banks are going to be okay because of all the action taken. And I, and again, the banks are not nearly as bad a shape as what they were doing in SVB. Okay, but uh, yes, commercial real estate. I hate to get ahead of things, but it would seem to me like that's something coming down the line that could be potentially uh, earth-shaking. Uh, all, everybody wants to work at home now, and you have a lot of large companies who have built either either they've built large buildings in cities in the last few years or they are leasing in and that's probably the more dangerous part, right? The uh, companies that are leasing space in these large buildings that employees don't want to go to work there anymore. So very, there's a point coming up here in the next few months, or I don't know how, when you know we're going to hit a point where a lot of leases aren't going to be renewed, where uh, buildings are going to be sold for less than what it costs to put them up. Am I wrong here? This is. This is the banks have a lot of this stuff on their books. Yeah, particularly the smaller banks. Seventy percent of the commercial real estate loans are for the the, the regionals, not the super five banks. And yeah. so, what's the problem here, right? So, the way that industry works is you've got a a reed or a big apartment or building company. They borrow a whole bunch of money to build a building. They own it, and then they're leasing it out. And the worry, of course, would be that their tenants are leaving and they're not paying the rent, so they can't cover the debt. The I think that the the working from home story is a little overblown. I, again, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I talk to business owners every day. I don't really know. I know very few, very few business owners that aren't saying, "Look, everybody's back." Right, you're gonna you're gonna have a work flex day once a week. You're gonna, maybe you have two. Doesn't mean we're not using the office. I can just tell you in, in our space, and we haven't been. It's not as though we're doubling and tripling the size of our employee base. We're slowly, methodically growing. 
we're, we're running out of space in the next, let's call it two years. So what are we doing? We're hoteling now. So we're trying to free up space that we already have leased because we need more room. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, and every single day you hear a headline of another CEO, even in tech, even in tech, where it's the easiest place to WFH, they're saying, look, get back. We want you back in the office. No more work from home. Well, like that's anecdotal. I'll tell you, my anecdotal is uh, I have a son who works for a very, 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 very large corporation, and he's been there about a year, and I think he's met like eight people <laughs> in a very large building. So we'll see which one of these you know, ends up being more. See, I think it may be true that uh, the mid-sized businesses and the smaller businesses, but if these very, very large companies suddenly do not need the space in this commercial real estate, um, there's going to be a little bit of trouble ahead. So Wes Moss, you being a reasonable, rational individual, I, I will like ask you this. So. Oh, yeah, you are. You're a soft dude. Uh, I've been reading some stuff, you know, over on the edges. Uh-oh, the uh, edges. And I wanted to, I wanted to get your uh, thought on this, that there, there's, there are some people that are saying that uh, there is not good reporting happening when it comes to the situation over at BlackRock. Mm. BlackRock has $10 trillion in assets under management. Uh, they have 70 offices in 30 countries. They have clients in a hundred countries, we know that they have, uh, in the last few years, just bought real estate everywhere, and it's been part of what they do. But my understanding, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, or if it's overblown, uh, they have uh, they're they're missing on uh, some of the profits that they said that they would be having. They uh, are doing uh, things using rules inside. Uh, you know, basically the fine print that people sign to basically say, no, you can't have this money right now. They're think, missing you, payments. You're, you're, talk, you're talking about Blackstone, not BlackRock, though. Oh, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Is it, is Blackstone the one that is uh, buying up all the real estate? Yeah, Blackstone is... is BlackRock is, is... I apologize. Still, they're, they're, both, I apologize. they're both multi-trillion dollar financial institutions. <laughs> I mean, they're they're really pretty similar. One, I would say, leans heavily towards... Stocks and equities and ETFs. That BlackRock owns a giant ETF company. The Black Blackstone is more of a private equity firm mm-hmm. that will go out and buy these really long-term assets that take you know, five, seven, ten years to materialize. Yeah, and, let and, me get that straight. I meant. Uh, hold on, let me get that straight for people listening. I meant Blackstone, not BlackRock. Go ahead. The so. It's a little bit of a different. It's a it's a very different business, right? Stocks or ETFs, which are baskets of stocks, are lots of liquidity, meaning that you can get your money, put your money in, take your money out very easily. There's very little restriction, or or in most cases, none, no restrictions. When you're when you're dealing with private equity, you're dealing with assets that take a long time to cook in the oven before you pull it pull it out of the oven. So you end up with a situation where people can want their money. Before the the, the investments, it's a little bit of an SVB situation, right? It's yeah, a little well, bit of an SVB situation. But you do go a little in, bit. You go into that as a private equity investor or real estate investor, knowing that you don't right. just flip a building over the course of a month or two. These are long. Right. It takes a long time to play out. So what 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 is very weird about the Blackstone case that we've heard about over the last year? They have a real estate fund that they've closed off, even though they've the provisions of that particular fund say you can get your money out or you can get a portion of your money out, they 
again, fine print, but it's part of the deal, kind of close the doors of people getting their money out. So that's the risk that we that anybody has in these ultra long term investments. I get it. Listen, we don't have a lot of time, Wes, but okay, I get it that the investors that was the fine print, they're not being screwed over necessarily, but is it not a red flag that the company has to resort to that? Yeah, it's almost always. It is. It really is a red flag. I mean, almost every time you've seen that in history, you're, there's some underlying problem. Wait a minute, I can't get my money out of a fund? Well, that's not, mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. not good. So, correct. And this management, uh, Blackstone as opposed to BlackRock, uh, approximately $951 billion in U.S. alone. That they are that they are managing. So what I'm what I'm seeing is kind of true. And if this thing, if this Blackstone went down, what kind of effect would that have? What kind of knock on effect would that have? I'm not predicting that they will. Yeah. I just want to know what kind of knock on effect that would have. Sure, I think that it creates a lack of confidence. It creates anxiety. It slows down the overall economy. And you probably see commercial real estate, which is a big part of what they do drop in price and then that could have ripple effects on the bank. So yeah, no question. You don't want to see yeah. a, you don't see a black rock have dramatic trouble. And so far it has Is it been possible? Is it possible that uh, legacy media doesn't report a lot of this stuff because they don't want to be responsible for people freaking out? Oh, come on. It's the opposite, right? I mean, if you're the media, right. you're, it? you're reporting every little tiny kernel, even if it's, it's a nothing burger, it's gonna. They're blowing everything up to make it seem like it's the next giant crisis. I mean, they're searching for a crisis every single day, even if there's not one. All right, so. you know more than I do. I'll, I'll, I'll accept your, I'll accept your, your word on that. I do think sometimes our media has decided that they are gatekeepers and that they have to do the right thing, you know, as they're being told by their sources and the institutions of power <laughs> what the right thing is. So, uh, so where would you put the Blackstone? Where, give me, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten. What is your uh, 10 being the most worried? Uh, where would you be on Blackstone? So the, the, the Blackstone issue has been playing out for a while now. I would say that it's a, it's your, it's a wall of worry component. So I'd give it a five on a scale of one to 10. And that's not a great answer, but that's where I, that's where I stand. It's been a while. It's been a while that we've known about this, but because of way the, the, where the regional banks are, the effect that it could happen, have if it happened now would be pretty bad, I think. And the music has run out. Wes Moss, uh, <laughs> tell people how they can get more Wes Moss. Yeah, this Sunday, uh, Money Matters 9 to 11, talking about, A, the man on the moon and what he looks down upon the earth as an investor. It's a great story about investing one. And two, we're talking about the, the calming nerves of the, ba- the current banking situation on Money Matters this Sunday, 9 to 11. And you can find us at Your Wealth, Y-O-U-R-Wealth.com. Have you missed any of today's show? Good news. You need not worry. You can stream or download the full Doctrine podcast on WSBRadio.com, the WSB Radio app, or any of your favorite podcast providers. Brought to you, as always, by our friends. Thing. And it says here, are you guys filling in tomorrow again? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. That's this. I've got an old sheet here. This must be from Tuesday. Did you give me the old sheet for Tuesday? Because surely you're not filling in tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, no, but uh, Tim's uh, got the podcast tomorrow. Oh, yeah, 7 p.m. Well, look, there's that. <laughs> 7 p.m. <laughs> what, what radio station? Uh, WSB. WSB, this one. Not 95.5, 7 p.m. podcast. Yes. Join me with uh, uh, Bro and Lawler from the uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. 
Well, that's very good. Everyone looks forward to that. The big podcast, lady. Pop, not pop. Podcast. I like that. The podcast comes. Bob. The podcast comes on right after the podcast. It, it's literally anti-podcast. And then the Bobcast. <laughs> it's pretty boring. Well, uh, listen. I think that uh, you know, for me, my favorite out of those shows is the Popcast. But you. others, you know, you're. Hi, I'm your, Bob. Your I'm taking calls. Me. <laughs> hey, Bob. I don't the like you. Hey, I don't like you either, buddy. Next caller, Bobcast. <laughs> All right. Are we doing uh, one of our famous segments here? Is that what's going to happen on a Friday? I don't want to get it. Listen, it's a very political day. We all know what's going on, but it's also a Friday. So I have a certain, I have, uh, we need to inform the audience. We have to have uh, interesting things to say about what's going on, but we've done that. And it's also Friday. And so we have a responsibility to have a little bit of fun around here as well, right? And we've collected so, I think so what's many. going on with. What? Go ahead. We have collected so many stories this week too that this segment is literally bursting at the seams right now. We got to we got to get some of these stories out of the way. All right then. <laughs> I guess you're sniff. right. Let's do it. Let's do this. Okay. This fine. is interesting. No thanks. <laughs> good timing. It was good. And the way this works. <laughs> I got a little lost there. The way this works or- <laughs> is this Jared Yamamoto, who is both the lead researcher and the producer of this here show, is going to toss headlines at me. I will respond with either. Hmm. This is interesting. Or. No, thanks. Turns out it doesn't really matter. We end up talking about them either way. Perfect. All right, so, so go ahead and hit me. Remember to give me those fingers right in front of that camera right there, Eric. Uh, our first story comes from uh, Pete. Ooh, yeah, well, let's just stop this. Stop before the cameras. Remember to give you the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm already. I will for just this. say to HR, it is it, it, it is uh, it is on public record that I was asked to give the fingers. Yes. <laughs> All right, from People.com. This should interest Autumn a little bit. The 13 oh, best vacuum cleaners of 2023 tested and How reviewed. How dare you, Jared? <laughs> why? Because she's a woman? Is that why it would... Is that the why this would The other day he did a story her? about leggings. He was like, Autumn wants to know more about this. Like, so. <laughs> like, Get out of here, Jared. Well, I Autumn, leggings, you did. I don't care. <laughs> I will make... I will make my decision on this very soon, but you did request that. What did I pay? Five hundred dollars for a vacuum cleaner? I think it was like sixteen hundred. It brought a lot of happiness. It brought a lot of happiness to your life. Am I right? Anybody who gets so this he's vacuum not com- would be happy. It doesn't have to be that I'm a woman. Well, no, but it could. No, there are plenty of uh, disgusting hillbillies who are not interested in any kind of vacuum cleaner. So Ooh, they just don't know. They don't know the happy. power and the grace. And the the lightweightedness of this vacuum. Okay, well, I think we've wrung all we can out of this subject matter, so therefore I say... uh... No, thanks. (laughs) See, well, now all of a sudden, would you like to apologize to your friend Jared Yamamoto for insinuating that he was some sort of misogynist? Please, please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, right here, right now, so don't Our next, All right, next. Our next story comes from CNBC.com. Dumb phones are on the rise in the U.S. as Gen Z is looking to limit their screen time. Hmm. This is interesting. No. I didn't give you the hmm. This is interesting. Too bad. Fake out. Too bad. No. No, can no thanks. Jared's <laughs> actually in charge, so he can show. do whatever he wants. 
I mean, he he can't force me to like a subject. Well, he I don't believe any of this stuff about Gen Z. There's a lot of stories about Gen Z and how they want to go analog and they're not into it. Not the evidence that I've seen. Uh, I do not believe that uh, Gen Z is going to do anything to uh, get rid of their... If you get rid of the smartphone, you get rid of the apps. If you get rid of the apps, for most of these Gen Zers, you basically remove most of their lives. So I don't see it happening. What happens is, and I've been looking at... I've been watching and reading news. uh, You get these sort of bubbles in culture that go on. So there are a few people that do something. There's a reporter there. So the reporter claims that, oh, this is what everybody's doing. Hardly anyone, I guarantee you, hardly any member of Gen Z is thinking about going to a dumb phone from their smartphone. There will be some. There's always going to be some. But it's not a movement. It's uh, there happened to be a reporter standing by <laughs> when some element of society did something, and then it's proclaimed that it's going. It's the entire generation. Uh, do anybody here have any anecdotal evidence of Gen Zers wanting to get away from their smartphones? I don't I know any, so I can't, I can't weigh in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my well, young, that's a good thing. My younger brother's Gen Z, and he'll talk about some of the some of the benefits of like the Razer phone and some of the dumber phones and that one. And I'm always yeah. like, look, you don't know. You, the first phone that you ever got was an iPhone. So we actually had yeah. to come through and and learn how to type. Hey, oh, listen to this. Mm. Oh, we had it hard. Yeah, we, we had, had to we had to flip our phone open. They, they find it to be sakes. a little bit ironic to have those phones. Is what I've found. That's at least. what it is. Talking to talking to his friend That's circles at is. least. It was like these annoying hipsters from the 2010s who all of a sudden, you know, are they still using typewriters? No. It was just a, hey, I think I look good with a typewriter in front of me <laughs> and a lot of facial hair. Remember that movement? Oh, yeah. Everybody was going to go analog. And uh, how many of those guys are still typing out all of their stuff on, on a typewriter? This is kind of the same thing. It's... uh you know, it's a little bit of the vinyl thing. When old people have vinyl, that means they're being nostalgic. When young people have vinyl, they're just part of some kind of goofy trend. And if you're buying Taylor Swift on vinyl, it's still a digital. I mean, it's not like she made an analog version. You're still just getting what's on the CD on vinyl. <laughs> I have right? a neighbor that I so walk. Still- <laughs> I walked into my right. neighbor's condo, and they literally put on the Midnight's album uh the vinyl as soon as we walked in there i'm like i'm like there's no difference there's no difference between that and the cd or what you listen to on spotify it's the same file that's on cd or spotify except it's it's been used for the vinyl so that makes it that it's just more of kind of a hey look at me sort of thing i'm not against it but it's not a worldwide movement like all gen zers are going to be turning their back on all of this technology if anything they're slaves to it our next story is from express.co.uk. Sperm donor who fathered... What? Express.co.uk. .uk. They're good. So uh, this is some sort of uh, supermarket in, the, in Britain. Pretty much, yes. Is that what I'm getting out of this? And their headline is, Sperm donor who fathered 550 children has been sued over fears he's... Or, excuse me, he's sued over fears he's raising risk of incest. Hmm. He's suing. Mm, this is interesting. I believe I saw the one finger from Eric there. Or we may He's have lost. Being sued, right? Uh, we lost you there for a second, Eric. Did you give the one finger or two fingers? Uh, well, what did it feel like? <laughs> oh, good. 
Either way. <laughs> it was, yeah, Jared. <laughs> got it right. Okay, you good. got it right. You, you, got you, it right. you dropped out there for it a was, second. So, uh, so what, what were you saying about it? Well, let's read. Uh, give, give me the headline and let's let's, uh, let's start it over again. Uh, all right. Give me another chance to do this correctly. All right. Sperm donor who fathered 550 children sued over fears he's raising risk of incest. Mm. Hmm. This is interesting. This is interesting. Is this so the guy who's had like 500 plus kids? Yes. Is this the guy who's had like 500 plus kids? Yes. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him on this, but obviously he does certainly raise the ability for more incest to happen. I don't know how uh, spread about the country or the world his seed has been. If it's all in one state or one area, then you would think that there is a, like, a greater likelihood that you would have incest from people who don't know that they're that they're brother and sister, um, but I how's think in fun? order to win any sort of case, <laughs> what I said, how's that fun? <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's fun. I'm oh. saying it's a possibility. <laughs> oh, okay. um, if you he's got 500 some odd kids, if they're all in kind of one geographic area, they don't know each other. They don't know they're related. So, but I think in order to win any kind of case, you'd have to actually have a case where it happened. So I don't know. I haven't read into this, but uh, yeah, there's something strange about somebody who uh, donates that much. I know we're taught that donating is a good thing, charitably speaking, but uh, I think a person who has donated their seed that much, and there's something going on with them, right? Like, hey, I'm the father of 550 kids. Yeah, I feel like it would become kind of a flex at the dinner table or something like that. Yeah, by the way, uh, you're probably talking to my family, my kin around here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And by the way, I didn't have to please one single woman to make it happen. So, <laughs> so that's the only reason I was able to get away with it. It's not like I had to woo anybody or uh, you know convince them that I would be a good lover or anything along those lines. I just uh, just me and some cups and some buildings <laughs> around the world. So it's that's really to me. I think it's a mental thing with him, right? I mean, people who do that usually are making money. Right, they're young. Oh, totally. They need some extra money, and that for the most part. Then you might have somebody who decides, well, I'm going to do ten or fifteen. But once you get into the five hundred, there's some sort of mental illness. He should have been screened out. Probably likes leaving the door. Is he the perfect guy? Is he the perfect person or something? Is he like? Has he got some sort of uh, genetics that every mother wants? Or something along those lines? Yeah, I didn't say anything in in particular about his 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 uh, general genetics, but I mean. Maybe in his own head he thinks that. <laughs> well, I mean, they have to keep accepting this, right? You, they can't say, at some point, yeah, we're not really, hey, you know what? Your stuff isn't moving. So we have plenty of it here. We don't need more. This guy's stuff moves for some reason, right? I'll bet you he, he puts himself out there as some sort of genetic, wonderful, you know, machine. A genetic machine for your children. <laughs> Something along those lines. Next. All right. From USA Today, former Patriot star Asante Samuel to Lamar Jackson, quote, you don't want to come play for the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. Hmm. This is interesting. I see the music is uh, starting to well up, and or I should say I hear that. And uh, there's a lot to say about Lamar Jackson, but um, no, he wouldn't want to play there. And my understanding is since that story came out, 
where they were looking for him. I never thought that they would trade that much to get Lamar Jackson. Um, the New England Patriots have said that they're out of this anyway, but there's much to discuss when it comes to Lamar Jackson, even if you're not listening to a sports show. Can we squeeze one more in here? Jared Yamamoto? Yeah, we can squeeze one. I know that you're really concerned about this one. This is uh, some devastating news for Stone Mountain fans. The Laser Show will be no more at Stone Mountain. They're promising a bigger and better one starting next year. You interested? So it's kind of a... Oh, yes, absolutely. Come on. Are you kidding me? Stone Mountain? This is interesting. A place I've never been, even though I've lived here 25 years? Absolutely. (laughs) I couldn't be more interested. So it's uh, kind of an excuse our dust while we build a bigger, better laser show. Yeah. This one, my guess, Confederate free. (laughs) I I bet that's probably the (laughs) case. Basically, I think it's just going to be one of the neutral states once uh, that comes back. We'll have the nice uh, purple state feel with uh, with all of the uh, all of the inclusivity that's going to happen at Stone Mountain. In the right, yes. yeah, oh, it's yeah. going to be good. Put yeah. Governor Kemp yes. up there. <laughs> never, uh, never saw the laser show. There was it as spectacularly wonderful as people claimed. It needed an update, or, so I'm, uh, I'm happy. Overrated. It, it needed an update, so I'm happy they're doing it. So you want it to be Confederate free? Are you on? Are you on? Uh, I'm on the right side of history, Eric. <laughs> on record, <laughs> I'm on the of record. Of course, you're on the right side of history. You're a millennial. <laughs> Hour three. That would be the one that includes the nonstop Friday finale. Oh-ho! Hour three of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. Don't get too excited over there. It's not until 11.36. I'm stretching my mouth out. I'm getting ready. People know. <laughs> You're stretching your mouth out. Get ready. There's a lot of talking that happens. You, there's a, you, you have to stretch I your mouth it. out. I just don't see. I don't understand why you need Tim Andrews to help with that. But listen, whatever you guys got going. I got a good mouth stretch. You've been hanging out a lot lately. <laughs> Tim is an uh, expert. Greg is on deck, and I don't want to piss him off. I'm going to get right to him. But uh, this Wall Street Journal article, Americans are losing faith in college education, according to a WSJ NORC poll. And why wouldn't they? Be my Why, why wouldn't they? A uh, majority of Americans don't think a college degree is worth the cost, according to this new poll. A new low in confidence in what has long been a hallmark of the American dream. By the way, has it? Okay, maybe it has. The survey... At the University of Chicago, a nonpartisan research organization found that 56% of Americans think earning a four-year degree is a bad bet compared with 42% who retain faith in the credential. Skepticism is strongest among people ages 18 to 34, and people with college degrees are among those whose opinions have soured the most, portending a profound shift for higher education in the years ahead. Well, look, uh, college is a place to teach kids how to be great activists, right? I mean, even if you get a good degree, even if you get the education you need, you still have to wade through endless hours of cultural nonsense to get there. I know that people say, oh, that's not true. You know, you have these people who say, uh, wokeism, it's just not real. They're making it up. <laughs> well, it seems to me that an awful lot, uh, you've got more people leaving college campuses that are uh, newly found activists cultural activist than people leaving college campuses making way more money than they thought they ever would. Let's do this. And now, the future of the future with Greg Rush. The dystopian future of Greg Russ. 
Rush. With us. <laughs> According the future to that. of the future. Excuse me? According to that stager, Greg Rush. <laughs> Uh, well, I think it's because they slowed his voice down, perhaps. <laughs> it's still misrepresentation of my name. We're having one of those shows where there's a lot of deconstruction going on. I don't know if the audience likes it. I don't know if they if they love us deconstructing our own show. But this is hey, that, that, that's my we're br constantly breaking it down. Basically, what you need to know is no one here is happy with the show. <laughs> We're we're glad you enjoy it, but uh, on board, there doesn't seem to be a lot of happiness with the show, and uh, the fact that we get Greg Russ's name wrong, I think we deserve. We deserve what we're hearing. We apologize. <laughs> You've known this for years that I'm very sensitive to that for a simple that. last name. And anyway, going back to the college thing, I was ahead of the curve, and I know that you like to take credit for me not finishing college, but ultimately it was my choice to stop going. And it was pretty stupid. I used to go to class, and I, I would think, why am I doing this? <laughs> well, you're kind point? of, a lot of people are doing it because that's what you do. You're that age, and when you're that age, you do that thing, right? As opposed to, man, I'm just not done. Thank you, high school. Thank you for all those years. But now I want to go really learn. It's, it's this idiotic thing of, well, it's a rite of passage. This is something everybody should do. Which yeah, is go. great if you make your money with tuition. It's great to convince everybody that, that everyone needs to do that. But uh, don't you think that there are more people who leave college campuses angrier than they were when they, when they entered yes. than, than people who leave uh, wildly able to be wildly successful in a way that they wouldn't have been had they not gone to college? Yes, I do. I do think that that's the case. You leave, to me... I wanted to get a head start, and I was starting on my career in radio concurrently with going to school. But if I had just gone to school and then started after, I would have felt as though I got a late start. Also, I was lucky to not leave with too much debt. But you think about the amount of debt people leave school with. That's a handicap from the start. And, and you know what I find interesting is when uh, the kids get angry about uh, college. You know, they want to have all of their... Um, all of their loans forgiven, and uh, the anger never goes to the people who run the campuses <laughs> and keep raising the prices. Isn't that interesting? We have taught you how to be angry and activist in such a way that you are angry at everyone and complain about every institution except for us, the Once people on the campuses money. who keep raising the tuition and that you have to pay and that you were on the hook for and that you later find, well, that wasn't worth it. I didn't get a job that made more than what I owe. Shouldn't that basically be a responsibility on campus, something that they should think about all the time? Now, a student has to do their part but basically you should not charge more for a degree than that degree would pay that individual uh once they get into the real world possessing such degree what Isn't i believe that the way that people should think what i believe should be done is go out in the world after high school and find yourself find out what you're good at what you like to do and then if you realize that you need more education in order to succeed in whatever you're interested in or whatever you're good at, then go back to school. You can start at a community college to get your basics. Then you can transfer to a university if you need to. And then you're spending, you're betting on yourself with something that you're already interested in or something that you're already good at. I agree with a lot of that, although you could start that 10th or 11th grade, but I agree. No, you don't. You don't know who you are when you're Con 10th or well, 11th grade. Saying, well, the idea, listen, listen. People, you can't spend three, four, five years finding out who you are. You can. 
You can, but I don't know that it's the greatest thing to do. I'm saying is I'm agreeing with you, uh, you know, for the most part. I'm agreeing with you that uh, you should you should go to college because you've decided that what you want, you need college in order to get, not as a rite of passage, because that's what it's being taken advantage of. And also, Jared, I believe we lost him there for a second. So hope when hopefully when Eric comes back on here, he'll be able to answer that question in full. In the meantime, we open up the segment here, Tim Andrews. So might as well go over to uh, one of Greg's stories here. Wouldn't you say? Sure. If you just want to jump to the story. We can continue to rail against college because I will do that <laughs> all day long. And I do. I do agree. You know, I said that I started my career uh, early, but some people don't know what they want to do. And that's fair, too. And when you right. go to college and you do have to decide immediately or you can just go on a cruise ship for several years, which Autumn once brought up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just knew someone that was saying that they were either going to start their first semester at college and didn't really care about going to college, really, or uh, this opportunity to work on this cruise ship. And I was telling her, go on the cruise ship, like, you know experience things make mistakes you know have a fun time have a sad time you know live was she like and then was she come back like, the next summer and get in your college you know semester or whatever. was she trying to be like a performer or something like that no it was just like a waitress or something oh, okay, you know it was nothing like a hey you really hone your skills though because that ship isn't stable it's constantly rocking back and forth so if you're going to be a good server that's a place to learn well, then when you're on you dry go. land you're the best you got the best balance in the biz there and you I, go. Am I still on my own there show? You, you are my back. There he is. Work. Yay. I don't know. I don't know why this is happening, but I did hear what you guys were talking about. And I can tell you that uh, that is true about a good place to learn how to wait on tables <laughs> would be a ship that rocks back and forth. <laughs> and if you have some stairs that you have to navigate oh as well. Throw anything at me at this thing. point. I've been on a cruise ship. Yeah. I've been on a boat rocking yeah. in the Atlantic. That's, I've been through boot camp. You can't, you can't hurt me at this point. I know that when I was a waiter, it does remind me that uh, I found that if I didn't look at the coffee on the tray, for some reason it wouldn't spill. But if I looked at it, it would spill. And so I didn't, I didn't need a cruise ship to teach me that. But uh, I heard a, a little, story hack, from... little life hack for you kids who <laughs> pick a point on the horizon and just look at that. I heard, I heard a story from an astronaut who was working one of those robotic arms out in space, you know, and uh, she realized that when she thought too much about what she was doing, that she couldn't function as well as when she just sort of like blanked out and just moved the arm, you know? Yeah, it's like performance. It's the way you get over performance anxiety. It's the same think way about, about uh, any kind of thing. If you think if you think too much about it, you know what's neurosis? Thinking about thinking. So you have to kind of just sort of. And it starts as whether you're an astronaut or a waitress. There you go. You uh, you, you <laughs> can't. And that it. woman you're I talked about up that inside didn't of your start, own thoughts. The the girl that I talked about that I said to go on the cruise ship. She's now an astronaut. Page two. Oh, wow. Well, and you and and apparently doesn't talk to you anymore because I've never <laughs> met this person. And she must have left you behind when she decided a, to go to space. Being a surgeon, I think about that. If you get caught in your own thoughts in the middle of that, and a person is on a table in front of you opened up, you're like, what am I doing? You have someone's heart in your literal hands. You're like, oh, God. How do I? Why have I been given this responsibility? This, you, these people have no idea. Because we all know we all know what F-ups we are in reality in our brain, even if the people around us don't know. And you have imposter syndrome yeah. as a heart surgeon? <laughs> you know, what am I doing here? I could never be. I could never be a doctor. You always have to be on when you're a doctor. You can't have a bad. Listen, if you work in a in a restaurant 
and you know, 98% of the cheeseburgers you put out are good, ah, you can have a 2% fail rate. When you're a, when you're a surgeon, you can't have a 2% fail rate. You're a failure as a surgeon. You can have no bad days. How does that work? I couldn't, I couldn't do, I mean, having to do this radio show, we're doing it every day. Well, let's face it, they're not all winners. <laughs> you don't want me as your surgeon, that's for sure. I don't know that we've gotten to anything about the future yet, Greg Ross. But we haven't. We haven't, but uh, you're welcome to stick around for the hour. You know, we have the big uh, nonstop Friday finale. I do. Commercial I free once we get back at 36. So if we don't get to all of that here, we can maybe sprinkle it into the next half hour as well. That's not against the law. I don't know if you heard earlier. I, w- I want to get your feeling on this. It's a big deal to me. Uh, yesterday I was uh, shopping at a uh, local supermarket. You? And, you went yeah, shopping? Me. Well, yeah, because uh, my wife is uh, in Colorado. So, oh, so you uh, had to. I had to, yes. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> I, given the way things are going in this country, in this world now, with uh, the uh, the indictment of a former president for the first time, on top of you know the banks, uh, the fallout from the pandemic, <laughs> fighting wars with Russia and China, uh, all of these things, I came this close, Greg Russ, to uh, purchasing box wine <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I stopped myself. I stopped myself, but I think the way the world is going. It's not going to be long before I'm a box wine guy. I'm just going to be. I'm just going to come home every day. I'm going to get quietly, pleasantly drunk and uh, not think about the lunatics that are running the country. Uh, you pushing me in that direction, or are you saying maybe it's mm-hmm. a little too soon? It is escapism. Like when you're using substances for escapism, that's not good. But everything is so overbearing that I think it's probably the best bet because nothing's going to change. No. It's not like there are things in your life that you can change that you're refusing to change and you're just escaping with boxed wine. This is the world stinks and I can't do anything about it. So give me the boxed wine. This is my understanding how the North Koreans deal with it. Uh, the, the North Korean government is uh, controls all aspects of life and everything's illegal except you're allowed to get high. Because they know uh, that the citizens are high, that's less trouble we have to worry about from them. And let's face it, we know that we're a terrible government and we're not giving them a good life. So let, my understanding is there's a rampant alcoholism and maybe a lot of meth going on as well. Where they just like go, these lunatics that are running the country, there's nothing. If you're an average North Korean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to change the situation? There's nothing you can do, and uh, 90% of what you could do will get you killed, which is not what people enjoy. So they, uh, they, they, I'm not a meth guy. I'm never going to go in that direction. But the box wine's calling my name. Well, right? you know what you should do, Eric, is you should take the bag out of the box and just uh, take the little nozzle, and then you and your wife can pass it back and forth. It's a little game called slap the bag, right? So you show a pre- that. Yeah. You show yeah, we're, a pre- adult, we're, we're adults who will be drinking. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't need games anymore. I don't know why you at 34 <laughs> and your bag. friends still uh, uh, need games, <laughs> fun and games. Uh, if I get box wine, that means quality is not what I'm going for. Right. I know what I'm going for, and I'll make it happen. And I don't have to turn it into a game, you understand? You're 34, <laughs> by the way. The games need to start falling by the wayside when you're 34 years old. You drink because you want to get drunk. There's no need to dress it up with a game. But it's a, What is slap bag? What do you do? So, so what you- basically, I try to make it uh, squirt into your face and... and- <laughs> 
best day or something, right? You stain so, the carpet, you stain the furniture. You try to get the bag fun. They put a tarp down. Yeah, you put a tarp down or do it over hardwood floors. You're fine with that as well, too. What you do is, is usually if you have a group of people, right, and you're wanting to pregame before going out to a show or something like that, you take mm-hmm. the box wine, take the bag out of the box wine, grab it, put the little nozzle in your mouth, then you get enough of it, slap the bag to show appreciation, and then you pass it around the circle of those in the you room. slap the bag it to show appreciation. It is a satisfying thing to do. I'm not saying that I would participate in a silly activity. Boxwine mom? Are we hearing from Boxwine mom? But what I'm saying is a gigantic thing of wine that's like all full of liquid. You you slap it. Oh, it's so satisfying. Yeah. So (laughs) Jared's 33. You're 33, Jared? 34. 34. So when you were 30, when my parents were 34, I was 13. <laughs> Granted, they had me very young, but I think yes. of being a 13-year-old and walking into the kitchen and seeing my dad playing slap bag <laughs> with Juan. He was actually just, just slapping your mom. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm That's interested nasty. here. That's a nasty thing at- to say. It really is. His father would never do such a thing. Greg Russ would never do just that. Never more, more stoic, upstanding individual, great citizen than... Uh, Greg if he's Russ listening, his father. feelings are probably hurt now. So Yeah, come on, Autumn, oh. for heaven's sake. It's not for too late. He'll never do such his a thing. Credibility we'll there aren't many good people. Joke. All right, one at a time. There aren't many good people left in this country. Greg Russ's dad is one of them. Oh, my goodness, are we here? Have we landed at the uh, nonstop Friday finale segment? That means no commercials. We're commercial-free ah, ah, until we're out of here. Still stretching. Ah, 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 okay. You got the mouth stretched out? I think so, Tim. You helped me out. Oh, yeah. You're not you, you, be, don't worry. You don't need that with me. You're not going to be rescued by erectile dysfunction ads this half hour. You got to get that mouth ready to go and ready to Won't speak. Won't need them. Won't need them. I am the ED ad. And Greg has uh, an endorsement. come on back. You know, uh, before we get into and I want to do want to get on. We haven't even gotten to one of the future of the future stories. We have a little bit of audio. I'm not too enamored with the audio, but we do have some audio to go through. But uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of the. I, I never signed up for this, so at first I thought it was some kind of scam. Uh, like they find out what you like to do and they focus on you. And just all of a sudden, in probably about a year or so ago, I started getting these uh, word of the day emails every day from some company that puts out the uh, some dictionary company behind it or something. And uh, I, I never signed up for this, but I'm interested enough. And I always tell myself it's good to learn a new word. Am I wrong with that? It's good to learn a new word. Stretches the brain out. It sure does. <laughs> My problem is I learn them, and then within 15 minutes, I forget them. There's no, it, it, it's almost it's like, well, before I die, I will have want to have seen more words because they don't stick in my head, but I do enjoy going through them. And one of my favorite things are words uh, whose definition is nothing like you think it would be just given the sound of the word. And I have one of those today, um, uh, which a word that I was not aware of, vagil. <laughs> vagil is a word, and uh, I would imagine... Autumn and the rest of you probably think it has something to do with something, but no. Vagile simply means you're free to move about. Hmm. Hmm. Vagile? It's uh, vagile is the way that uh, okay. it was. Always got to question me. You ever notice that? Uh, she never accepts. Like if the, if we were on the Poseidon and the boat turned over <laughs> and I was Gene Hackman, everything I said, she'd be going, I don't know. I don't know if that hallway is the way to go. I don't know. <laughs> 
It's don't still not a word you can check? use, though. I don't think it because people are going to think. So even yeah. if you know the actual definition, they're going to think what they're going to think. So it's a word I would personally avoid. You, yeah, well, you have to. There's another one that I can't even use on the radio, and there's nothing wrong with it. And it I know sounds, it. I think I, I know it. You know right. what it is. It means yes. that you're miserly, right? With, yes. with finances, <laughs> with money. But it is. Uh, it sounds gone. like the N word because the N word is in it. If you're just listening, not if it's if you're not if you're seeing it spelled. But it has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. But you would be punched in the face if you called somebody this name that has nothing to do <laughs> with race whatsoever. <laughs> it simply means that you're, uh, I think it means that you're a miser. That you, uh, you, uh, but I don't know how anybody could reverse engineer that to find that word. But I'm not, I'm not going to get canceled for using a word that there's uh, absolutely nothing wrong with, but people hear it and don't like it. It's ungenerous. That's a strange reason to get stingy. canceled. What? Yeah, ungenerous stingy. and stingy. And now it's marked as archaic. So. Oh, it's, it's an archaic. Gone. But it's not even. It's not even spelled. It's not spelled the no, same it's way. It's spelled differently. It's spelled differently. It has no relation whatsoever to what it sounds like. But we live. In a, in a country where if I use that word in a sentence, I may not get canceled, but I'd have a meeting or two, right? Like, well, you're trying to provoke with that word? No, <laughs> I was trying to say that, uh, you know, uh, Greg's selfish. I was calling him selfish. <laughs> and because there is him. another word, it's like, just get rid of it. It's done. There's no yeah. reason to use it. Not many people used it that often, at least not in my life. In my life, I never, no one had ever <laughs> used that word in front of me. I just came across the idea that it actually was a word. So, yeah, yeah use I don't vagil. Uh, you know, uh, when you see uh, a female friend who finally has gotten out of the house after the pandemic, maybe taken off the, uh, the mask and is uh, out freely moving about, compliment them on being so vagile in their life and see how <laughs> they're they, offended. And they're offended. <laughs> How dare you say something that is not offensive to me? How about one of those, uh, before we go to the audio, like I say, I don't think it's a great day for, uh, are you disagreeing with me there, uh, Jared Yamamoto? I don't think it's a great day for audio, I have to be honest with you. You got Lindsey Graham losing his mind over the Trump thing, yeah, but I probably agree with he, him. He's pretty funny with how, I mean, I, I understand why he's frustrated. Obviously, I agree with Look, him on his frustrations. Politics. Greg, but, listen, hey, you're up there in New York City, this Alvin Bragg. What's this guy all about? With his novel case, the first person, the first time any president has ever been arrested. And this is the part I have to say over and over again because everybody tunes in. I am not a fan of Trump. I've never voted for Trump. I've never voted for Biden. Never voted for Hillary. My hands are clean. But I know when things are good or bad for the country. And arresting a president with a novel idea of a case against that president, in other words, it's, not a slam dunk, is political. So what's this guy all about? I Just because I live up here doesn't mean I really know what he's about. I remember he stepped into the role and he backed off the investigation. Yeah. And people got really angry about that. And yeah, which is not a, good, his... not a good reason to move forward with a case because other people in the office are angry at you. Somebody, two lawyers quit. One of yeah, them wrote a quit. book that was highly... Um, critical of this guy for not going after Trump. But listen, we get it. There are people in this country who hate this guy and think he's the most dangerous guy of all time. That's fine. You're an American. You can have that opinion. But presidents should not be indicted on novel cases. What do I mean by a novel case? A novel case is when people in the room make an argument that they believe they could get a conviction. The reason they have to make that argument is there's not a lot of convictions in the past. 
based on this. The initial thing is a misdemeanor, and this guy has to tie it to a felony to even be able to bring the case. So there's going to be a lot of motions, and we don't even know if he's going to be able to bring the case. Once he does bring the case, it looks like he's going to be relying upon this Cohen character who they already put in jail for perjury and has a long line of perjury. So it's hardly the person you'd want to build your case around. It would seem to me that uh, a lot of people who hate Trump, and there's a lot of people who hate Trump, and this is America, and good for them, I don't think they really care. They'd love to see him pronounced guilty, but just the dragging through the glass is good enough for them, I think, and might get this guy the mayorship of New York City one day, win or lose the case. What if they don't don't give him bail? They have to give him bail. They <laughs> might not. Especially here, well, no, especially here only... we have those those catch and release laws. Oh yeah, yeah. The only reason, first of all, you're not getting bail, and they're letting other people out of prison that are you know much more dangerous on a daily basis to the citizens of New York. There's no way you can say that Donald Trump is a flight risk. <laughs> How does he leave the country? Right. It's not even possible. So they'll have a very high bail. He'll meet the bail, and it'll be a I don't know. It'll be a two hour situation. Uh, where he then walks and his lawyers start um, start their part of the case, which would be to uh, basically try to get a bunch of stuff thrown out and say this is not this is irregular and not the type of thing that's done. But uh, you already I, you I already said that part. There's a chance I was reading that a judge can say just throw the whole thing out because it's also new or yeah. lessen the charges. Not that we know what the charges are yet. But. Well, they say there's 30, and I don't know if that has to do if are those. We'll find out. But there's 30 charges. Now, are those 30 unique charges, or is that 30 different times that a payment went through? You know what? You're following me? Yeah. Like, is it the same thing 30 times, or is it 30 separate? If it's 30 separate charges, then there's stuff that we don't know, and we'll find out. My guess is it's either 25 times the same charge plus five charges or something along those lines. It just makes it also look like it's like, look, we really have something here, too, to everybody that, that's uh, trying to process this information. Like, well, we have over 20, 20 charges here, so yeah. this is but a big basically, deal. This is a, this is a campaign finance case that they're going to try to turn into a felony, I think, by making, I guess the felony would be in the cover-up, right? Yes. But, but my whole thing is, don't you have to prove that he had sex with her? And how do you do that? We don't, as far as we know, we don't have a DNA dress in this case. If he just sits there and says, I never had sex with her, how do you prove to a jury who's also dealing with the main uh, accuser or the main witness for the prosecution is likely to be this guy that's got, you know, all kinds of perjury charges? Well, she described. What it looks yeah. like down there. So in court, he's got to drop his pants. She yeah. said, "She said Yeti pubes. Of course eyes. he has. Of course he has Yeti pubes. He's almost Who the 80. hell cares? <laughs> and they're look. just gonna, you know, it's this country. This is why I'm, you know, thinking. That's why I, I don't walk box so quickly past the box wine now. Well, you and Lindsey Graham, you and Lindsey Graham might have this in common because Lindsey Graham was getting upset about it too. Here, Eric, this is going to destroy America. We're going to fight back at the ballot box. We're not going to give in. <laughs> yeah, I think he's right. I got to say, man, I'm, 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 I'm very much against Lindsey Graham because he's never seen a war he doesn't want to kill Americans over, and. But he is, this is the, the fact here is that this has never happened before. I asked this question at the beginning of the show. No president has ever been indicted in the history of this country. Looking around at the Let way we do our business. Running again. 
the way that we right the way that we do our business now, whether he runs again or not, whether that whether he gets the nomination or not. Uh, so the first time in American history, the way that we do our dialogue now and the way that we do our arguing about politics, does anybody here think he'll be the last? This is just the beginning. You are condemning presidents forever. To, now, we all hate presidents for reasons, and sometimes we love presidents for reasons. But one thing's for sure. When you're president, you have to make a lot of very difficult decisions. Now, we may not like the decisions that are made. We may be cynical and skeptical about why they're made. But the fact of the matter is, you have to make a lot of life and death uh, very important uh, decisions as president. Now you're going to put this out there? That if we don't like what you did while you're in office, well, let's take a look at your. Let's look. At, let's look at everything. Let's make sure that you crossed every T and you dotted every I, and any irregularity, we're going to go after you on. That's the future now. It's too late. That bye bye, genie. Already out of the bottle. Unless this comes to a very quick end and it gets thrown out of court, and maybe this guy is made to look. Uh, maybe it doesn't help his career. But what, win or lose. If this, if doing this helps Alvin Bragg's political career, bye-bye, Jeannie. You're already out of the bottle. There's nothing that can be done. And I just, I agree with Lindsey Graham there. You, the idea of uh, basically putting law legalisms around whether or not you like a president, that makes us like a third world country. And uh, you'll get more things like January 6th because pre- outgoing presidents will know that they're going to prison. Well, maybe what do you Biden think that's the... going to do to election day? You know, you, you're just... going to get old candidates. Biden's the trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I need to go in old so that way when it's over and I'm being prosecuted, I die. We're seeing <laughs> that's real <right>. indicators. <laughs> yeah, he's running out of battery juice. <laughs> it's time for the box like wine. Like a Teddy Ruxpin losing. Indicators. Be frank. You know, you see these. You see these uh, polls now coming to the Wall Street Journal. People have, just have no confidence in anything. Is it any wonder why? Obviously, everybody's in it for themselves. Nobody stops for a moment. You know, Dick Nixon thought he had, and probably did have some very good evidence that there was some funny business that went down in the state of Illinois, and he could have pushed it. And uh, there's some evidence that the Kennedy people were messing around with stuff, and he thought he had a good case. But in the end, he said, I can't drag the American people through that. Al Gore. Uh, when the Supreme Court said that Bush is the president, he could have hit the streets. He could have done a lot of stuff. He said, nah, the Supreme Court has spoken. I disagree with them, but I can't put the country through that. Um, that's it. Those people are gone. Those people are gone. Now, in order to get my power, I will put the country through anything, anything, because the most important thing is power. Uh, I heard somebody on the news, some a, a Trump fan was saying that this is uh, – going to uh, uh they, they, what they're trying to do is shut him down so he can't run because they know they can't beat him uh, my guess is it's the opposite of that uh, as weak of a candidate as trump is there's only one person he's ever beaten for president and that's donald trump and i think that they would love to incite a little january 6th type of action over everything that's going on now with with the arrest the indictment and all of that and I think that they, they look, they, they know behind the scenes their candidate's going to be weak against anybody, but why not go ahead and run against somebody that you've beaten before, and maybe we can gin up a little January 6th action to make people help, hate him even more. I hate to be that cynical. 
I hate to be that cynical, but there's no rational reason to do this. This idea of no one's above the law. Uh, prosecutors look the other way at misdemeanors all the time. That's the world. Prosecutors don't prosecute everything. They don't have infinite budgets. They have to decide which of the cases are we most likely to win. That's when you prosecute. And I don't know they have one of these cases now, but um, it might be that this guy could become mayor of New York just by getting the you know, the perp walk for whatever that is, or the, uh, the mug shot, that sort of thing. But this country's been weird, and it's just about to get a lot weirder. You know that he's going to smirk in that mug shot. He's going to use that as a campaign appearance. 100%. Yeah, he's How strange is that? And they have to know it. And they've decided, well, we'd rather run against this guy. That's what, to me, that's what this is all about. And also this Alvin Bragg, who was losing face, you know, at the Martha's Vineyard cocktail party circuit. So yeah, he had to why do something. You, why'd, right? you stop, why'd you stop the investigation? You're not allowed here anymore. Yeah. No, please. Yeah. I mean, they, they, the people who hate Trump, um, I'm not a fan of Trump, I don't, but I don't, I just think he's, he's just one more lunatic who's uh, in charge of the country amongst a bunch of lunatics. They're all lunatics. Look at the country. What's Name working? Oh, he wants the, one, what's working in this country? What's <laughs> he working? wants that perp walk, right? I think he should get it for campaign ads. Yeah, he it'll work. use that yeah, footage in the I'm campaign ads. Me. Oh, of course he is. They're both going to use it. You know, and you, I think he's being highly irresponsible up to this point. Um, I'm not there, so I don't see the context. Um, but I think he's opening his rallies with video footage of January 6th. I mean, this is just getting out of hand. It's it's Donald Trump and what happens to him or Joe Biden or either of the parties in the next year or two, it may be important to them, but it's not as important as the country. And I promise you, as somebody who's almost 60 years of age, that uh, the, the country had people in it that would think about the country from time to time over their own personal vision of what the country should be or what it should become. Those days are gone. Maybe I'm out of it. Maybe in 20 years we'll look back and go, Hessler didn't even get that things were getting better. I would be surprised. <laughs> I would be surprised if it's just, just, just absolutely destroy our political enemies at any cost, no matter who you are, what side you're on, and what side the political enemies are on. It's just this is dangerous. And I don't think most of the people even know that. Well, with looking ahead, Eric, at least on a positive note here, uh, we'll get more moments where Trump's going to be highlighted in the news cycle. Uh, a clip that we didn't get to this week that was just really, really good uh, from Trump's Waco rally that happened was him impersonating people. So I feel like because of this news, he's well, hold on now, but don't throw me something that's awkward. Is he going to impersonate somebody with a handicap? No, or no, no. He's impersonating Ron DeSantis. So uh, this is uh, oh, this we is haven't a, done this. I thought no, we did him. We, we, we played in the podcast early, but we didn't play it on the radio. So this is, uh, right. this is a good piece of audio that we haven't had a chance to get to from this week. I didn't know him very well, but I saw him. So he came and he really wanted. I said, you can't win, can you? How do you can win? Sir, if you endorse me, I'll win. Please, please, sir, endorse me. <laughs> and I said, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's give it, it a shot. Let's do it. All right, whatever, you little baby. Cry, baby. <laughs> In Trump's world, everybody calls him sir. Do you sir! think that's true? <laughs> sir! sir! All the generals, sir! Sir! <laughs> Stormy Daniel said, sir! <laughs> give, give me, me your money. yeti pubes. Yes. <laughs> Make love to me, sir. <laughs> 
I guess the, that's so, great if he's but, on the stand. So she said, sir, she said, make sir, love to me. I can't live without it, sir. <laughs> Everybody I hang out with is Marcy from Peanuts. Oh, sir. <laughs> so, hey, on a positive note, at least we'll get more of that in the news cycle, which is oh, always fun. Do we want more of that? I feel like, <laughs> do you feel like anyone's excited on? about this indictment? I feel like there's mostly apathy. There's a giant sides. banner out in front of there that says Trump lies all the time and people are well, out there dancing. Well, that's a few people. Yeah, that's a few people. But overall, I feel like I have <laughs> well, to think that point. most people are just tired of it. Uh, yes. Absolutely they are. But the, 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 these are the people who are him. like us. And this is what I'm beginning to understand, and I, I was naive about it for a long time. I've never had a lust for power. So therefore, I was naive about it. But everything is run there. Yes, most of us want to move on. Most of us. But there are amongst us on all sides, these people who have a lust for power and they will seize all of these moments and blow them up. And, and they don't care. They don't care about anything but them getting the power. They don't even care. Listen, they're smart enough to know that this is going to happen to Democrat presidents now. They're smart enough to know that. But the, the lust for immediate power is so strong that it's like, we'll deal with that in six years or seven yeah, mortgage years or the eight future. years. Yeah, like, yeah, you mortgage the future. The, the Democrats, um, Democrats, when they ran the Senate for so long under Harry Reid, are the reason that the Supreme Court is so conservative now. Because in a, in a closely divided Senate, they decided that you didn't have to have 60 votes for cloture on judges. Now, these were lower court judges, but they just wanted to get their judges, so they changed the rules. Well, then the Republicans got in there and said, oh, you know that all that stuff you've been doing with judges on the lower courts? We're going to do it to the, on the Supreme Court. So by getting rid of that 60-vote need, they created the precedent that allowed the Republicans to stack the Supreme Court with conservatives, which they rue to this day. A Roe v. Wade, anyone. And mm -hmm. this is the same thing again. It's, it's chopping off your nose to spite your face. This is going to hurt Democrat presidents in the future. It's going to hurt every president in the future, unless the whole damn thing is thrown out of court and the attorney, the district attorney, is uh, his career is hurt and not helped. My guess is his career will be helped no matter what happens. That seems to be the kind of country we live in. And that is the end of the non-stop Friday finale. It's the end of Friday. Not the whole day, just our portion of the broadcast day. Greg Russ, thanks for sticking around. We got to nothing about the future, but that's all right. <laughs> the future will be out there waiting for us when we get to it. I hope everybody has a great weekend. We've decided to come back and do another big radio show Monday morning at 9 a.m. You're all invited to join us then, but until then, continue on your journey. I do not piss off the genie. Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine podcast. Remember, you can hear the show every weekday from 9 to noon right here on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.